Hey you guys, hope you're well. I just wanted to take this opportunity and let you know about our amazing new business scalability scorecard. So have you ever wondered if, you've, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, and you want to grow and scale the business but not sure how, and you're looking for some advice and you're looking for some strategies about how you could effectively grow and scale your business, well, this is your opportunity. We have actually created an amazing uh, business scalability scorecard. It takes you around seven to eight minutes, and at the end of that, it will actually create a report of all of the things that you're doing particularly well in and the things that you need to make improvements to your business. And uh, it's a great tool and a great asset for your business. To get free access to that, go to bit.ly forward slash business hyphen scalability hyphen scorecard. Go there, go now. Take care, see you soon. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And I'm here today with my really good friend who I've known for... Best part of five or six years. His name is called Chris Salem. Chris is a uh, an executive coach. He's also a corporate trainer. He's worked with many different well-respected corporate companies from the likes of JP Morgan, all of the big, wonderful American corporations, including, uh, I believe he did a stint with uh, Harvard University, or he works with Harvard as well. And he's also an international speaker, and he's got a He's an international best-selling book. He's got a, a great book called Master Your Inner Critic. He's also co-authored with a book with our good friend, Jack Canfield. And you'll know Jack Canfield because uh, he wrote, uh, he was the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And uh, we love Jack. He's also a radio host and has, and has got a, uh, a particular slot on, uh, which is part of the Voice America Influentials channel called Sustainable Success. And has been doing that for quite a number of years and, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. So, uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Adam, it's a pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I think we've done, we've done so many great things together over the last sort of best part of five years from, I don't know, challenges for our audiences to Facebook lives to international conferences and stuff. It's been, it's, it's been great. Oh, absolutely. We've been involved in so many things and it's such a pleasure. I always and more coming. Absolutely. hundred percent. So listen, guys, um, well, what we're going to do actually is um, I've got some great questions for Chris. Um, I always have great questions for Chris. We always have great fun on the show, by the way. Um, but I'd love to know more about, I think just for the benefit of our audience, because we've got a global audience, by the way, Chris. And um, what I'd love to know more about is, uh, you know, I mean, you've been doing what you've been doing for best part of 15, 20 years, if I'm not mistaken. And what I'd love to know more about is how you kind of fell into this area of, I mean, you've really kind of gone down the route of looking at people, how they can create more success in their life. You look a lot at people's habits 
and we'll talk about habits actually in the show because that that I find that particularly fascinating. And um, you 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 kind of you're a very what I call humble human being, but you're also a very you're a realist as well. You're not one of these types of people that, from my perspective, and this is the reason why I like hanging out with you, is you're not one of those what I call fake it before you make it type of personalities. You're you're just real when you just kind of say as it is. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but love to know more about um, how you kind of decided to kind of go down to the route that you that you're in right now. Well, I mean, I mean, for me, I spent a majority of my career in sales up into the point when I got into executive coaching. So I, you know, I started my career in corporate, and then I left and then represented companies uh, from a sales capacity. And at the time, it was just more of a, a decision that I wanted to get into coaching. I mean, I had been working with salespeople, we did a lot of training, and I just knew that I was better suited for that. And also, you know, it was more for, you know, to be there as a dad for my son, because he was, you know, an infant at the time. And I said to myself, I want to be really part of his day-to-day life. And I knew being in sales, then I'd be on the road because I traveled quite a bit. I was a road warrior and I traveled all over the world. So as a result of that, that was the kind of the catalyst that got me to make that change and that, that shift. And I haven't looked back because it's been my calling, my purpose, I've been born to be a coach. I, I come from a family of teachers. So, you know, every, my mother used to say, you should have been a teacher. And, and well, I am teaching. I'm just doing it in a different way and getting paid more for it than a teacher. So, <laughs> so with that being said, that, that's what it led me down this path. Love it. Very cool. So um, you've also interviewed hundreds, if not what, thousands of what I call successful I suppose, business business leaders within the world. Um, what have you found from your perspective? What have you found um, the difference between the people that you've interviewed and say some of our listeners, which are mainly entrepreneurs and small business owners and things like that? What do you see that the, the difference is in terms of their habits and their routines? What are the big correlations between the what I call the the successful people and the people that are really trying to strive towards that what are the big differences between the two yeah the big difference is that it's the consistency with a daily routine so Mm -hmm. some people may do certain things yeah I do it every other day or I do it a few times a week but it's not consistent it's not seven days a week 365 days a year so I always find that the people that have had great success. And it's not just great success monetarily, you know, just because you have a lot of money, you make a lot of money, you have certain, you know, net worth. It's also your well-being. It's the relationships you have with others personally and professionally. So it's it's finding that work-life harmony. So, but the people who, who achieve that are the ones that have a consistent daily routine that serves them to be the example for others to do for themselves. So mm. for, for the people that I've observed, including myself, because I've been doing this for over 20 years, are the people that show up and do that are more likely to embrace challenge, embrace pressure, have more mental toughness, look at obstacles and setbacks and challenges as blessings disguised to learn and grow and become more as part of that process. Yeah, uh, that's a, it's, it's a fascinating um... It's, it's actually quite fascinating. I mean, your 
because I know you pretty well. I mean, you're a really self, very self-disciplined individual. I mean, you get up at 4.30 every morning, right? You have your daily rituals, whether it be meditation, physical exercise, whatever it might be. Um, you talk about consistency, right? And listen, I, I, I absolutely 100% agree with you because obviously being a, a former athlete, you know, you, you need to have that consistency in life, right? Yes. But do you think from your perspective, and then this is just a great thought pattern here, do you feel that consistency can also be very, can be seen as very boring? Because for me, I, I feel like, you know, if you're going to run a business, right? And you, you want to be, you want to strive for success or whatever it is, okay? Is... For me, I, I love to see things as having fun, right? I, I, business is about having fun. Yep. It's about having play and that kind of stuff. But how does one balance consistency with playtime? Sure. No, absolutely. Well, listen, it's not it, consistency doesn't mean that you have to do the same thing every day. So I meditate and journal every day, right? right? So that's, is, you know, so that doesn't change. But it doesn't mean that if you make your bed in the morning as part of an organizational task that you have to be making your bed every morning. It might be that you rearrange your toolbox, uh, you do something else, you clean out a drawer, whatever the case may be, it can change. So it you know gives it makes it a little spontaneous in that way. And you can interject fun into these things. Right. So you know, it, you know business is about having fun and scheduling time to have fun. I know. I schedule time to laugh. I, I laugh when I go to the gym in my car. People think I'm nuts, especially now that the, it gets lighter early. People are like, what is this guy doing? There's nobody else in the car and he's laughing. I mean, they think maybe I'm on a, my Bluetooth talking to somebody. But it's just for me to kind of just release any, if there is any tension whatsoever inside of me from the day before, I'm getting it out so I can start my day fresh after a workout and after everything that I've done, the meditation, journaling, and so on. So it's really, you got to plan these things out. So it doesn't have to be an organization, the same organizational task every day. You can mix it up and do certain things. And you can still be spontaneous right. with a routine. Doesn't mean like, oh, because you have a routine, you can't do this and you can't do that. It's just a matter of like what you want to throw into it. Think of it like a salad, you know, you can have the core ingredients. So that's the consistency. And then you get to throw in each day something else that mixes it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I just, I was just intrigued by, by your answer because, you know, I always find that, especially with like very left analytical types of people, you know, we're super productive. We can get lots of stuff done. We have these set routines and habits, but then kind of more for more right brain creatives it's like, well, that's really boring, right? And, you know, there's no fun and spontaneity like, like you mentioned, you know what I mean? And you've kind of really highlighted that actually you kind of need to just mix it up a little bit. It doesn't have to be boring. Yes. So interestingly enough, while we're talking about habits, right? Now you're, you, you're a, what I call a master when it comes to habits because you've really kind of, I suppose, what's the word? You really kind of under, you really understand about habits because you, you live and you preach every day about habits and routines. Now, if, if I, for example, or maybe one of our listeners wanted to, I don't know, create a new habit, right? But the thing is, is that we need to reprogram 
our mind to do that, right? We need to rewire our, our brains in order to, I suppose, uh, make our habits more kind of what are called subconscious or what I call more autopilot. What do you advise our listeners about how to reprogram or rewire ourselves in order to create a new habit or new routine? Well, again, it starts with how you think. How you think is how you be. So if you think differently, you'll be different, you'll become different, you'll do different, and you'll have different results. So in order to have clarity and through a growth mindset, it comes down to meditation and journaling each and every day and learning how the power of breath, when you can take, you can just, you know, focus on your breath in between a task and take a minute just to reset. And this is, these are the things that will allow us that when we're in the moment, fear cannot reside or it's reduced. Fear operates and thrives in past and future thinking. That is a fixed mindset that is fear-based. And when we do that, we have more clarity. So when we're able to do that, we can shift our thinking towards controlling our emotions to whatever's happening. So we're not allowing things to really make us upset and you know, unhappy, whatever that may be, so that we can really focus on what we can really control in that situation, maximize it and let go of everything else and let the results be a byproduct. People get caught up in fear-based thinking end up trying to control what they can't control. That leads to feeling overwhelmed, having anxiety, you know, feeling angry, frustrated, mm -hmm. and end up procrastinating, either not taking action or they're busy, but not productive. Right. So having a growth, operating from a growth mindset requires practice. You, it's like with anything, you got to do certain things every day to come into the present moment. It's not something that happens automatically. But the more that you do it over time, it becomes an automatic pattern in your subconscious mindset to do. So, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, stop doing these things because you could go right back to what it, so it's, 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 that's where the consistency really pays off. Yeah. Now you're a big fan of um, visualization, right? I mean, you're, you, I mean, you do that through, you've mentioned meditation and you've mentioned other routines and whatever it is. And I'm also big into visualization. I mean, Olympic athletes, are very, they use what they call self-imagery, as you know. Um, and, 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 you know, they, it, it's a great technique and the champions use it. What do you find um, from your perspective when you have, I don't know, say, say some of our listeners, they want to try and you mentioned the word clarity a lot. I'm a big fan of clarity because, um, you know, I think if you have the more clarity that you have, the more that you know where you're going in terms of your destination, as you highlighted, what, from your perspective, from your experience, how do you visualize number one and uh, where do people start in terms of visualization if they're completely inexperienced? Yeah, I would say again, you know, meditation and journaling every day. And then when you visualize something, write it down. What is it exactly and specifically you like to accomplish? Mm -hmm. What is that? So if you're looking to achieve a certain amount of, of, of money or there's a certain type of home you want to live in or a car. And again, I'm not saying those are the, the, the most important priorities in life. I mean, there's other things for me. It's, it's having a sense of purpose, spending time with family, having freedom. So my priorities are completely different than what I used to chase, go after back when I was younger. Hmm. But with that being said, it's writing that down and visualizing that 
you are that you have it that it is in your possession you just now got to work backwards to now go forwards to actually achieve it in real life you can now visualize it here that it's there you just got to now break it down to where within your control of what you know at the time and then allow the puzzle pieces that you don't have yet to come into play that lead to that so if you're going to make you know, $1.625 million, whatever that may be. I'm just using that as an example. You can visualize that, but then breaking that down over three years of each year, each quarter, each month, each week, each day, how much do I have to generate to reach that? And what are the things that I have to do that are going to generate that income? Breaking that down. See, people don't do that. They're like, yeah, I want to make a million dollars. Well, that's wonderful. You want to make a million dollars. Well, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get, you're going to want, you're going to want it, but that doesn't mean you're going to get it because there's no commitment. You, you're just wanting something. Mm. It's I will, and it's being specific. The universe will, will do its part when you work, when you're very specific and clear on what you visualize to happen. People mm. will see something, but they're not clear. And, and they don't break it down specifically. So that's the thing. Cool. Very good. Yeah. Now you talked about yeah. meditation a lot. And um, I, I'll be honest with you. And uh, <laughs> I don't meditate. So I'm, I'm going to put my hand up. I'm going to say, I don't meditate. <laughs> right. And, and it's not that I don't want to meditate. And it's not that I am procrastinating or whatever it is. But actually, one of the things that I find particularly difficult is actually mastering the technique of meditation. Because if you're completely new to meditation and right, do you need to have like some sort of goal to meditate? I mean, tell us a little bit about where meditation start. When you first started off meditating, what came off the back of that? How did you get started? And what um, tips and strategies do you have for some of our audience? Yeah. When I started, when I started meditating back over 21 years ago, I was just at the time, you know, getting out, you know, recovering from addiction to, it wasn't that I was an alcoholic or a drug addict, but I had used drugs and alcohol. I had a very strong sexual addiction that almost killed me. Wow. So it was, it was, I was dealing with that. And then I had ADHD, right? So you add that to the mix, ADHD, racing thoughts, can't keep still. So you're telling me I'm going to sit and meditate for, are you crazy? There is just no way that's going to happen. So with that being said, I, uh, it just didn't, it didn't, um, it, it was very difficult in the beginning. I had to use discipline. I had a white knuckle it, but see something said to myself, I'm not going to live the way I was living. I got it. I have to do this. So as a result of that, that's the thing that, uh, that I had to, you know, just do, I had to white knuckle it. And I didn't see the results of this for God, at least four or five months that I started wow. to see evidence of things changing. Wow. Now it takes a little time. It wasn't until even a year that I began to really be in that theta wave state where I was really, cause I, cause again, it's like with anything, you put 10,000 hours into something, you're going to get good at it. Now I hadn't put 10,000 hours yet at that point in one year that had to be over time, 
But nonetheless, the more the, the fact that I did it, the thing is, most people want the, you know to see something within a day or two, and it doesn't work that way. So you may not. Some people are different. Some people may see something in a few days. Some people a few weeks. Some people it could take months. But the key is you is to keep doing it because if you do it, it will make changes in in how you think, and and change the chemistry in your brain to really function at a higher level. What did you, um, what, what, what was some of the, like you said that you had, didn't really start seeing the results to after about four or five months. What were those results for you back in, back sort of 20 odd years ago? So for me, those, those results were that, I, I mean, I was, I was a pessimist. I was very, I was negative. I was, you know, I, I would always find fault in why things wouldn't work. And I just began to kind of just loosen up and I began to see the positive in things. And I was like, wow, what's, what's going on here? Mm. So I began to see the shift in thinking. I began to know that I don't need certain things that I, that I, you know, those things I can go within, I don't need to go out. See, I was always seeking this validation from other people and other things mm. to validate my net worth. Now I said to myself, I don't need to do that anymore. I can go within and, and do that for myself. I don't need anybody or anything to do that so these are the things that i began to see over time that started to really change and that raised my level of confidence self-esteem and then i affected my communication for, with myself and other people in a more interdependent way and then i was able to make decisions more swiftly you know stand behind my decisions take calculated risks and follow through love it very cool um interestingly enough right I just sort of had an epiphany that just hit me. And I mean, literally like for the last what 18 months, most of us have been working in the virtual world, which means we're all on social media or clubhouse or some other sort of fancy social media or whatever it might be. But one thing that's become apparent to me, Chris, is the fact that there's a lot of people out there, especially in the business world where they're always judging themselves against other people, right? In terms of comparing themselves to where they could, where they think they should be, but they're judging themselves based on other people. Do you know what I mean? And they kind of get themselves, I don't know whether it be really worked up or they start beating themselves up about it. And they start to try to mold themselves based around someone that isn't really their true self. What are your thoughts about this? And do you, do you observe the same? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of people many times that are, that I don't think they even realize that, that they're operating from someone else's dream or core values, mm. not their own, because they feel like if I, if I become like them, then I will have the success, mm. but they don't realize that they, they're not tapping into their own success. They, they, just because somebody is going after going down that road doesn't mean that you that's really what the road you want to go down. You've just been led to believe that's the road. Right. That's what happened to me. I, I, I started chasing the road that my dad was going down because my dad grew up poor and he was his aim in life was to become successful. And he ended up achieving that. But, but at the expense of his his soul and his well-being, he died at the age of 56 of cancer. Wow. So with that being said, that. I had, my values were not in alignment with my father's and I, and then because I was chased, I, I adopted his values. I was miserable. Mm -hmm. And so I had to change the way I looked at it because I was chasing the almighty dollar up into that point, And I was good at it. 
but then I couldn't hold on to it. I was miserable. I was frustrated. And then eventually my whole outlook changed. Every money was just a byproduct of the things that I enjoyed to do. So that, so the money began to not to be the motivator of my life. It began to just be what, what my, what my calling and my purpose was the money just became a byproduct of that. Right. So it changed the whole scope of my thinking and, and, it, and things got, not that it got easier. It, well, it, well, it did get easier, but it didn't mean my life got easier. It just, mm. I look, I looked at things differently and I approached things differently and I solved problems to create solutions. And as a result, you know, again, that, you know, money was there, you know, and so it's, it's learning to detach from the expectations to outcomes and focusing on the process of controlling what you can letting go of the rest. Yeah. Love it. Very good. Um, interestingly enough, while we're talking about, um, talk about, I suppose, growth mindset and things. I mean, I'm a big fan of, I don't know if you believe this, Chris, but I'm a big fan of um, putting purpose first before profit, right? So um, I, I don't know. I know that you've worked with a lot of corporate companies and, uh, but what have you seen? Well, from your perspective, actually, do you believe what I believe? That's the first question. And secondly, if you do believe what I believe, what advice do you have for people that always think about the money first before their purpose? Well, the thing is, is that, you know, money is just a byproduct of what, why you do what you do. Mm. See, too many people get caught up in what they do, not why they do what they do. And money is always going to be anywhere. It, it's just, but if you get caught up in just chasing money, that's what you're going to do. You're just going to chase money. It's never going to be enough. It was like that for my father. He, he ended up accumulating a lot of money and then it was never enough. And eventually it took its toll on his well-being, his emotional, mental, spiritual, and, and uh, physical well-being. And, you know, he passed on at the age of 56. Right. And that would have been myself if I had continued down that path. So for me, it's about what difference can I make? How can I show up to be the example? Like, I could go to bed tonight and said that, you know, I did this and hopefully this helps somebody to do this for themselves. If money now is attached to that from that value, wonderful. I'm going to receive without resistance. I give without expectation. Mm -hmm. I receive without resistance. I'm not going, oh, I just got to do it for the money. I don't care what the results they get. I just want their money. That, but that was the philosophy I had when I was in sales because because the companies I represented and the companies I worked for early on in my career, that's all they cared about. They didn't care about, well, yeah, we, we care about our customers. They would say it, but they didn't really care. Yeah. They just, they wanted, they, 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 we need our, we need this revenue every quarter. We got to, you know, show our shareholders, boom, this. And I just, again, that was not the way I wanted to operate my life anymore in my business. And I completely, when I got out, changed my whole philosophy. This is why I teach people how to, grow their businesses and brands through the, their level of influence. Be compelling to your audience. Mm. Nobody cares what makes you unique until you give them a reason why what is compelling to them first. Yeah. So those are the things that, again, have really changed the way my thinking is. Money is just a byproduct of why you do what you do what and, and how compelling you are to people that they now want to work with you or refer people to you. Love it. Very cool. Um, the other thing I, I kind of had a thought is we talk about, well, we could call motivation, right? So 
if if we have now some of our listeners have some real issues with the word procrastination right it's i call it it's this it's like a social disease of like holding you back in life or in business or whatever it is what do you find really breaks the cycle of procrastination do you find that pain versus pleasure really works I mean, I'd love to know what your thoughts are about this because I don't know uh, whether you feel that yeah. pain or pleasure will, would kind of, you know, help sort of break that cycle. But what are your thoughts about that? Well, again, procrastination is just a byproduct of, you know, it's a byproduct of anxiety tied to fear-based thinking. That's what it is. Right. It's saying, it's saying to myself, okay, this is going to be challenging. I'm, and my limiting beliefs are telling me subconsciously who do I think I am? I'm, you know, I'm an imposter. I, I can't, I don't deserve this. I can't do this. Right. And then that leads to not taking action or you're busy focusing on other things that are really not important or as important. And you're delaying the things that are God, you know, I've been, been meaning to, uh, you know, raise my, my coaching fees, but I, I can't, you know, nobody's going to pay those coaching fees. Well, <laughs> okay. So these are the things that people you know, convince themselves and the excuses to justify where they are and, and, and not where they want to be. So you, mm. so it all comes down to changing the way you think because you can't have if you don't think different. So if, until you start changing your thinking, then you can, then you can be different, then you can become different, then you can have, then you can do different to have different results. That's the key. But too many people want to go, want to skip the thinking, want to skip the being. They just want to do to have. And then what they're doing and having don't measure up because what they're doing really isn't focused on the priorities that are going to lead to what they like to have. It's things that really don't matter. Yeah. Makes complete sense to me. Um, I was going to say, you've written a book called Master Your Inner Critic. I know it was sort of uh, going back a few years ago and whatever it is. Tell us a bit, about, a bit more about the whole kind of Master Your Inner Critic because I'm fascinated to, it's a great catchy book title, by the way. So t tell us a little bit about it. Cause, Create, Prosperity. It's a book that, you know, not only outlines my experience and journey through overcoming limiting beliefs to adopt a success foundation that would, you know, today, you know, up to this point served me in my personal life and business and, and, you know, how I've used the process to help individuals and companies, uh, you know, go from where they are to where they want to be. So it really, it, it's about, again, dressing the problem first to create the solution. Too many people, we live in a world where we manage the problem. We're always managing the symptoms with everything. We're putting a bandaid on things, but instead of doing that, let's, let's, let's get it solve the problem then we can create the solution does that mean that the problem is you're never going to have a problem again of course not there's always going to be so it's a it's using critical thinking to go hey before we create the solution we solve the problem otherwise we're we're creating something where the problem still existing and all it's going to do is offset the success that we can have in the solution Think of it like a bucket of crabs. They're always going to be pulling your from your cuff, the cuff of your pants to pull you down. But if we get rid of those crabs and that bucket has got nothing in it, you know, no more crabs, you can <laughs> climb out of the, you can climb out of the bucket. And or in this case, you know, come out of your comfort zone or, or come out of the box, so to speak, to do bigger and better things. So 
that's the thing that that we you have to trust that process and some people it's it's painful to, to confront the problem it's mm. painful to confront your limiting beliefs to forgive somebody from your past to overcome a failure in a business or a relationship whatever the, whatever that may mean to the individual but it's necessary in order because that's where we grow and learn of the most is in those moments of challenges setbacks disappointments failures that we can then learn to grow it's all part of the process to success yeah without it you can't achieve success and actually have gratitude and be humble about it does everyone have a limit in belief everybody if, if anybody says they don't, well, that's okay. If they want to believe that, that's fine. But, but yes, they do. <laughs> Even I don't, I, I'd always like to share. I don't like to tell, but if that, if I had to say that I'm telling something one time, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless of course you're, um, you're like some egocentric, um, big yeah. way. Um, of course, no, they, they all do. They all do. Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, they all do. We all do. We're all human beings. Yeah. <laughs> call you out on your boy, uh, BS as, as they, as they like to call it. Um, <laughs> um, as we're on the subject, for, cause you mentioned limiting beliefs actually, or, uh, quite a lot over the last sort of, um, I don't know, uh, during the conversation and stuff like that. What do you, uh, from your perspective, when people have limiting beliefs, now you talked about your childhood experience because we've talked about that before. When people have got a limiting belief, okay, and, 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 they, need, they, and, you want, and they want to change that limiting belief because it's holding them back from success. What, what do you say when you're sitting down with a client and they say to you, Chris, I've got this limiting belief and I can't get out of this cycle what can I do? What do you say to them? Well, again, it, it's, it's asking them, what are they doing? I mean, why, you know, if they can't get out of that limiting belief, the, the, the way you'll know that you're still operating from a limiting belief is when the negative emotion or emotions that you experience are persisting or like say something that triggers anger. Right. And then you feel the anger but then it, it kind of lingers with you. It might linger for an hour, could linger for the day, a weekend, might be for a few weeks. Yep. I know my anger was constant with me. So I was operating. But when something that would trigger anger, normally, you know, in the past that when it happened to you, and then you feel it, and then all of a sudden, you, it kind of just dissipates, like it just, you kind of let it go. And it, that means that you're, you're, you're free from that limiting belief, that you're, you're not, that limiting belief is not controlling you. Now, see, the thing is, it only controls you if you allow it. Yeah, see, true. remember, life is a choice. Mm. And even subconsciously, we can choose things, even though a lot of people don't know how to do that. Mm. And I didn't know how to do it. Most people don't. And the only way you'll know how to do it is through that routine we talked about, meditation. Meditation will allow you over time to, to re, you know, have the subconscious mindset be real to the conscious mindset. What is holding us back? What's getting in the way? And gives us the, now the autonomy, the power to say, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to let this go. And it doesn't mean that it, it goes away like that. You got to really let it go because that limiting belief is not only here subconsciously, but that energy is also in your body. It's like, I know for me, I had, I had back pain for four years. I went to chiropractors, neurosurgeons. They said, there's nothing physically wrong with you. And it, cause it was all from here. 
It was all from those limiting beliefs, all that fear and that fight or flight mode that I lived in each and every day, the anxiety that I experienced. So I had to fully let this out of my subconscious mind and my body, literally. So it wasn't easy, but if, but you, anybody can do it. You just got to be consistent and say that, you know, I'm going to do this till it's out of my system. But it doesn't mean after it is that you can say, oh, I'm done and now I don't have to do this anymore. No, it could, it could always come back again. It's like, you know, a cancer, you know, it can always come back. So you have to, you got to, to sustain it. You got to be consistent with how you think. And so you got to keep, you know, the stuff never ends. There's no destination. It's ongoing. It's progress True. emotion. I agree. Cool. Um, what I was going to say to you, actually, um, I mean, even I was going to sort of switch in subjects here. I mean, some of the big sort of big business leaders, Olympic athletes, you mentioned about coaching quite a few times. And I mean, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for anybody. What advice would you give to someone that is trying to seek either a coach or a mentor? What advice would you give those people? Is there like a checklist that you would advise and say, you know, sure. what you need to kind of look for when it comes to really good coaches and, and mentors? Yeah, I would say that, you know, it depends on where you are. You may not know what your values are at that point. You might be in confused. You might be confused. You might be not sure what to do in your business. So it, it's going to be a little hard without your values. But I, what I would say is going with your gut, looking at, you know, what you're desiring to become, what, at least on some level that you have an idea what you like to become. And then look at that person. Do they demonstrate that character and that, and, and that, you know, that, and that ability to do the things that you're aspiring to do? You, you, you don't want to become exactly like that person, but that you can model from and feel that they, that they, they can play a part in guiding you to do it for yourself. So it's, it's doing your homework, you know, and doesn't mean they have to be like have a, have a PhD, an MBA or a certified. I mean, that's great. But, but if I know some of my best mentors were people that were just everyday people, nobody even knew them. And I learned so much about what, you know, from what they did. And then I applied it to what was, what would work for me. So I changed some things around, didn't do exactly. So I would say, again, looking at, you know, someone's character, how you get along with them, looking at, you know, what they've become. And if that's something similar that you desire to also become, those would be things I would look for in a mentor. Don't get caught up in all the, you know, all like, oh, I know so-and-so and I did that, you know, that that's all marketing. So just focus on your gut, you know, be, go with your gut. And whatever you want to become, if that person is in, in that range of what you want to become, align, align with that person. And again, you give it a chance. If it, if it ends up being, yep, this is exactly what the person I was looking for, you'll know it. If you end up saying, well, I guess it didn't, you could always say this didn't work and move on and do something, somebody else. Nothing is going to be perfect. But as you get in touch with your core values, eventually your own, then you can make really even more informed decisions because you can connect with other mentors and coaches based upon similar values that you just feel comfortable. The key is as a coach or a mentor, you're never going to be everything for everyone. I am not everything for everyone. And that's okay. My ego is not going to be, you know, upset by that. 
but I, I know I'll be something for someone in this case, more than one person. So seek those people out, find what works for you, not what works for everyone else. And then that's going to work for you. Go with your gut and, you know, where, where you at least have an idea where you're going and line with somebody that that's been down that road. Love it. Very cool. Great sound advice. Well, um, I was going to say, as we're coming towards the end of our interview, I just wanted to ask you, um, what are you working on right now? How is it that our audience can can help you? So right now, we, you know, I am, uh, you know, we're continuing to work with organizations and individuals, executive coaching clients. We're looking to do some more group programs to really build out, uh, you know, a blueprint for success. Uh, I call it the Prospereneur Program where we can kind of look at building your success foundation, you know, getting out of the problem into the solution. Depending upon your business, let's build your brand and business simultaneously. Let's look at developing a business plan or enhancing a business plan, having a business acceleration strategy, developing a value statement and influence strategy. Start to really build, allow yourself to work on your business, not in your business eventually. Maybe in the beginning, if you're starting from scratch, you have to work in it before you can work on it. And then looking at what can be your exit strategy down the road when you want to sell your business at that point, or maybe you get to a point where you're looking to raise money and you're going to go IPO one day, then you have a plan in place for that. And so on. depends on what business you're in. So those are the things that I, I'll continue to work on. And I want to you know, immerse myself with those organizations and, and people that really desire to change and do more to be or be or to be more to do more to have more but also give back to others to do the same so that's that's my goals for you know the rest of the year going forward very good great philosophy by the way so um well listen i, I just want to say thanks very much for being on the show really i've really enjoyed your company and catching up as always i think it's always a good we always have great conversations anyway yes Okay, guys. So listen, hope you've enjoyed today's conversations. Do me a favor. If you want to connect, you can connect with Chris on the social media links below. You can do that. I'm sure that if you, uh, if you mention the Game Changers Experience podcast, if you message Chris, um, then he will obviously try to message back in due kind when he can. And yeah, hope you've enjoyed today's show and look forward to hearing from you guys. And also we'll be back on against the next show. Take care and we'll see you soon. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey, you guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.